Welcome to the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church. We hope our broadcast will bless you. John 14, 16 through 17. And I will praise the Father, and he will give you another helper. And he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth that the world cannot receive, that neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him that he will dwell with you forever, that he is in you. Amen. Thank you for the Bible reading today. It was special. So so nice to see God's word from the mouths of uh, little kids, isn't it? Uh, as a, There's one psalm that says from like the mount of little kids we hear perfect praise. So uh, praise God for Amelia's uh, sharing of the word with us today i want uh we start with two things first uh uh thank you guys for being praying for my wife she's much better she's already uh walking and uh, uh, most of the infection is gone so uh thankfully uh in another week or so she'll be able to stay throughout a whole church service uh because she's still having a little hard time to stay seated uh, so she her preferred position now is laying down. So let's keep her in prayers. And uh, also today, I want to have uh, a little bit of collaboration from you. So I will need a few volunteers that will help us with scripture. Uh, I want to give that uh, scripture ahead of time, so you already leave it open in your Bible. So when is your time, you can. Uh, jump right in and uh so i will need uh, like uh five people to read so amy you can start with the uh first passage of today that is uh the verse we re- you read already that's john 14 16 and 17 and then i'm gonna use you again because the next verse is verses 18 to 20. So it's on the same page. So it stays with you. Uh, then I need another volunteer to read for me Acts 2.33. Who wants to do that? Then it will be the second one with Acts. And then I need a third volunteer to read Joel 2.23. Joe, uh huh. Can you do that for us, Brenda? And uh, now we have. Uh, I need uh, one volunteer to read uh, Zechariah ten one. Uh, Barb, okay. So keep your uh, your your Bible open. And the last one I'm going to read myself. That's Hosea 6.3. I want to start the sermon this morning with a story. It's a true story. Uh, I know some of the people involved. Uh, I've been there. So I heard uh, from trusted sources. And the story tells a story of a guy called uh, Gao Hangtze. He is uh, from China, 
originally, and he lived in a countryside. He's, he was one of those day laborers, like people that uh, they don't have a steady job, like they get paid for the day, like to do odd jobs here and there. So he was known all over town uh, because he, one day he was fixing somebody's house, the other day he was plowing the land of somebody, the other day he was doing something. And uh, one day he got converted and he was very poor. He was illiterate. He didn't know how to read. And uh, his memory was very bad. So he didn't uh, remember things right. But after he got baptized, he got like that uh, burning desire of sharing Jesus with people of his community. But he had a challenge. He could not read for them. And he could not remember even Bible passages too, or things that he could share. And he was pleading with God, like, for God to do something to help him to be a witness. But one Sabbath, especially, on the morning he woke up, and he decided not to give up until the Lord would do something for him that would enable him to be a witness. And he was praying and praying, and then he heard a still small voice saying, read Psalm 62. And then he started to argue, like, I don't know how to read. Then he heard the voice again. The voice was not arguing with him, just the same command again. Read Psalm 62. He finally decided to go and, open and get the Bible that he had uh, received as a gift of his baptism. And he opened. And to his surprise, the letters started to make sense. And he started to read. He was able to read. The Lord made him read. And then he was so excited. He ran across town. To the house of the church elder. And uh, he told the elder. Like that the Lord had made him read. And he realized. That he was remembering everything he read the, that morning. He remembered the whole psalm. And he started to recite the psalm from memory. This guy like was walking on the clouds. He was like everything he wished for, he was granted. And uh, he cannot contain his excitement. And he was like using the opportunity God gave him. Remember, he was like the fix uh, me guy from the city. Like he was doing every day he was in a different house or in a different business doing a different thing. So, in all those places, he was sharing about the Bible, he was sharing about God, he was reading a little text, he was being a good example. To cut a long story short, in his first year, because of his direct testimony, 180 people got baptized on that little church that before had like just a couple of people. And uh, why? Because he felt uh, full of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there are several authors, and one of my favorite ones, uh, it's called Ellen G. White, she mentions that we live today in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. Why did some authors, including her, say that? Because the Bible says that the Christian church was founded basically on the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. And like 
from that point on, we saw the Spirit moving mightily over people. The Holy Spirit is supposed to be working in very special ways today with people. And, uh, but we are not seeing those sorts of things as we just heard here on that story of God. Why? Because we are not asking. And uh, we are supposed to be like Brother God, insisting with God to have the fullness of the Holy Spirit on our lives. And that's what I want to talk about with, with you today. But before we open the Bible and read all those different texts and have a conversation, I want to pray one more time to invite the Holy Spirit to be with us and be your guide as we read the scripture this morning. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you so much for the gift of the Holy Spirit. He is our friend, our companion, that we don't see it, but we can feel at times when we are trying to connect with you. We ask you, dear Lord, be with us today and help us to understand what our greatest need. Help us to hear your voice and help us with your Holy Spirit so he will be our guide and our teacher today. That's what we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In, uh, on the Passover night, just a few hours before his whole Calvary experience started. Jesus was very concerned with uh, the well-being of his disciples. And uh, he made a promise, a special promise, that is uh, what we read in John 14, 16, and 17. Can you read for us, Amy? And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be with you. Yeah. So, that's an amazing promise. Jesus is saying that he was departing, but he would not leave them orphans. Because the Holy Spirit would be uh, with them. And uh, when do you think uh, God, Jesus asked God to send the Holy Spirit to them? Like uh, on that morning, as we see in John uh, 20, verse 1 and 15 to 17, uh, he was raised up. Uh, on the morning of the resurrection. And he went to the Father. And uh, he asked the Father to give uh, the Holy Spirit to them. And that night, when he appears to the people in Jerusalem, and when he enters on the upper room where they were me meeting, uh, we see that uh, he blows the Holy Spirit on them. But that was just a, a, a sampler, like a, just so they could get the feel of what he wanted to bestow on them on, on Pentecost. He, he wanted to impress upon the disciples the sacredness of their job. And the job of the disciples is the job of every one of us, because every one of us, we need to be uh, 
also preachers of the gospel. We may not even ever come to the pulpit, but we preach in the way we live our lives out there. We may be engineers, we may be doctors, we may be whatever you do. Even retired people. And it uh, doesn't matter because above and beyond how we make ends meet, we are, our primary mission is to share the gospel. And that's a very important thing. That's why Jesus was there blowing the Holy Spirit over them because he wanted them to understand that that's a job that they cannot do by themselves. They need something extra. But on, on that night, like three, two nights before that event, he was promising to them something else. Do you know what he was promising? Let's take another look on, uh, on the verse. He's, pr he's promising another comforter. We know that's the Holy Spirit. But the, wo the word there, uh, that is uh, translated as comforter is the word in Greek parakletos. We all know that uh, prefix para because we use in several words in, uh, in English. We have parallel. What's a parallel? Two lines that are going alongside each other, right? You probably heard the term paralegal. What's a paralegal? It's somebody that uh, works with a lawyer does some lawyer things like research for him and do some of his homework. So, uh, parakletos means exactly somebody alongside. So, Jesus was promising that the Holy Spirit would be alongside with him, like doing the same things that Jesus was doing for them physically, but now in a more special way. And uh, there is something special that I want to call your attention. On the very last phrase of uh, verse 17, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit, that parakletos, he says like, he dwells with you. Now, he's saying, now he dwells with you. But he will dwell in you. Do you see the change on the... Uh, on the on the, on the pronoun, no, not the pronoun, it's like, uh, I forgot now the, the preposition, thank you. Uh, he changed the preposition. The Holy Spirit was with them and now he would be in them. Uh, do you know what the implication of that? Is that like a, while the Jesus was just with them, around them, with them, the Holy Spirit will live in them, will be with them always. Somebody that's with me can be separated from me, as Jesus was separated from them. But somebody that's in me can't. So we have a friend for life. But there's another implication that I, I want to... Uh, have a help uh, of a volunteer. I want a mom. Sorry guys, you can't help me with that one. I want a mom with uh, one of their little kids that can come here to the front just real quick because I want to make you a couple of questions. Please come. Come this way. So we have that mic here. 
so people can hear you. So we have Hillary and one of her daughters. Uh, which one is that? Hazel. Uh, so Hillary, uh, how old is uh, Hazel? Three. So that means that she's living three years with you, right? Mm -hmm. uh, did did she always live with you? No. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but always with you around you, or like? Mm, she's not always around us. <laughs> she lived at one point inside of you, right? Yes. Yes. Do you feel the difference between when she was uh, living inside of you and now? Around you? Yes. With you? Yes. It feels very different. Feels very different, right? Mm -hmm. But let me ask you one thing. When she first showed up on your life, she was just like a little cell on your womb when we, we noticed that we were pregnant. Mm -hmm. What changed in your life? Um, I was tired. <laughs> yeah. Go on. And... and I ate more food, and we started to we started to make arrangements in our home to have uh -huh. her, and oh boy, it was a lot of changes. <laughs> yeah, a lot of changes, yes. But did it change just your life? No, it changed our whole family's life. Changed the whole family dynamic, mm -hmm. and not only your husband Nathan, but even I imagine the extended family, like your mm -hmm. parents, his parents. Because Aldo got, often got excited by mm -hmm. granddad, uh, granddaughters. Yes. Yeah. So that's, we all want that. Right, Ender? <laughs> I know, but start to work on it. <laughs> uh, so the point is, she changed your life forever. Mm -hmm. And even uh, she's now forever a part of you. Mm -hmm. And that's the experience that God wants us to have with the Holy Spirit. When He really enters on our heart, He will change my life, your life, but He will change the lives of those around you as well. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, and that's something that's uh, very special. We just don't really stop to think that that's what God wants to do in my life, in your life. He wants to live with us. And when he, uh, we allow him to enter and really to have a life inside of us, he will change your life forever and the lives of those around us. Uh, so, uh, that's the reality that we are missing if we are not asking the Holy Spirit to live with us every day. And uh, that's why time and time again on that Passover night, Jesus was uh, bringing the subject of the Holy Spirit again and again. In fact, if you open the Gospel of John, uh, starting from chapter 14 to chapter 17, he is either directly or indirectly talking about the Holy Spirit. And uh, in fact, uh, if we keep reading the verse that we, that's our biblical reading of today, if we go over John 14, now 18 to 20, and uh, 
we're going to see something uh, different. Let's hear Jesus, what he's trying to say. Please go on. Okay. Verse 18. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. A little while longer, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me, because I live. You will live also. At that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. So, do you see what Jesus is saying here? He is saying that by the fact that we can have the Holy Spirit, we would be in advantage. Because Jesus would be there just for a little longer. But the Holy Spirit would be living in them. And through the Holy Spirit, we can be one with the Father. In the same way, He was one with the Father. That's something that we should not take lightly. And we are missing our opportunity when we don't make our daily uh, priority to ask the Holy Spirit to live in, in us and to take lead on our life. And uh, the Holy Spirit is something that was always in history. You can see the Holy Spirit in action on the Old Testament. But in especially after Jesus, the Holy Spirit had a different role. He wanted to live and act not only on the people around us, but in us. And uh, the Calvary needed to come first. Before God could give us the Holy Spirit on His fullness. Do you know why? Why the Calvary needs to, to go first? Because on the Calvary, we are freed from the rule of the enemy. And God only can uh, live on our lives fully through the Holy Spirit. When we want willingly to be free from the influence of the enemy. But he also had to wait for the Pentecost to happen. Uh, and that was like 50 days after Calvary. Do you know why? And uh, that brings us to our next passage. That's Acts 2 verse 33. There is something that needed to happen before God could send his Holy Spirit pouring over the earth. So let's read and see what uh, was missing. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. So when Peter was explaining what was happening, people speaking in tongues and all those things, he says like, that's the result because now the Lord Jesus is the Lord of the whole universe. He got earth back. And now he can, as he's being enthroned, he receives the, everything from the Father. And now he is delivering the Holy Spirit to us. So Jesus needed to be back as the fully uh, king of all the universe before he could give us that gift. Now that that's out of the way, he gave for those that were Seeking and praying, the disciples were 10 days praying for the Holy Spirit. But he is waiting for us to pray so we can receive the same gift as well. And uh, now that he is the legit king of all the earth, he can give the 
Holy Spirit to whoever asks. And uh, we see that uh, on the book of Acts, that after that day, the disciples were preaching, and as they preached, all the people would accept Jesus, and they would also receive the Holy Spirit. So we see the Holy Spirit acting in very mighty ways. Uh, the Holy Spirit's presence is so uh, on your face on the book of Acts that there's many theologians that say that, that we, sh- we should uh, change the name of the book. Instead, instead of Acts of the Apostles, we should call the book Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because he's the only, he's the main actor there. And, uh, but after the first century went, second century came in, churches started to organize, uh, people started to feel less and less the need of the Holy Spirit. Then the church just went downhill. And uh, we saw the Middle Ages, uh, the apostasy that came to the church because they started to live independently from the Holy Spirit. And then we see uh, the Reformation, God trying to bring people from the Reformation, we see like the great awakening that we had on the 1800s. And as part of that, the Adventist movement was born. And for, for a little while, we could see like that on those men and women, the Holy Spirit was like the driving force behind them. But now, 150 years plus early um, later, we are still here. And we don't see the same power that we saw on the past. And that's sad. Like a while ago, I read a, I read a statement for, from a guy, his name is Carl, Bar, uh, Carl, Carl Bates. He, he was at one time the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. But what he said does not apply only to Baptists. Applies to us as well as Adventists and to any Christian. Look what he says and see if you agree with that statement. If God were to take the Holy Spirit out of our midst today, about 95% of what we are doing in our churches would go on, and we will not know the difference. Yet, if God had taken the Holy Spirit out of the midst of the first Christian community, about 95% of what they were doing would have ceased immediately. That's a sad statement, but do you think that statement is true to us as well? We are like in auto mode, like doing things automatically. Sometimes good things, nice things. But by ourselves alone, and that, in that we are ignoring what the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us. What Jesus said, that the Holy Spirit needs to be with us. Uh, that's a, that's a, a tough reality. And that brings the question, why we are still here? I would like to see what you think. Why we are still here? Why Jesus didn't come back yet? What's missing? One at a time, people. Well, since nobody is volunteering, usually I preached that sermon just once before, but I heard uh, some good answers. Some said, like, because the gospel is not preached, 
Some said because we don't love. But uh, that's all right. But there is one thing missing that's more important than that. And if without that thing, we cannot do any one of the others properly. And uh, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Gary. You saved me. Uh, and that's exactly what's missing. Let's read Joel 2, verse 23. Brenda is uh, the one that's going to read with us. So read for us, Brenda, please. Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. What Joel was talking about? Was he giving the weather forecast? No, right? He was talking about the Holy Spirit. And he was using a figure of a speech. Like a, back on the day on, of the ancient Israel. And even today. Like a, in order for the whole agriculture to work. They will rely on first what they call the early rain. That's the rain that uh, uh, falls heavily. Shortly before the planting season starts. Preparing the soil. And then. Uh, at the end of the, when the harvest is already like a month or two before the harvest, har harvest, then they have the later rain that also helps the crops to grow, to mature, to be ready for, uh, for the harvesting. So that's what he was talking about. He was talking about to a people that were in crisis. And they were concerned with many things. And he was saying, don't be concerned with none of those things. You have to rejoice and be happy. Why? Because you have the Holy Spirit. And God will send the Holy Spirit on the right times on your life. That was his message. So let me ask one question. Uh, we keep hearing about the later rain, about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but do you really believe that God can use the Holy Spirit in the same way? He, he gave it to our founders of, the, of our church. Do you believe that's, that can happen? I do. Amen. I do. And I believe that God is waiting. He's itching. Uh, there was a guy that I'm going to be baptizing next week. And uh, he called me this week like a, Mabio, please call me. I want, but I don't want only like a, a phone call. I want a video call because I want to see your face. There's something that I want to tell you that uh, I'm itching to tell this thing to you. And, uh, and then I started like, what is, like he's so excited about because he wanted to tell me so badly. I was, uh, I was with uh, April in, uh, I was driving her on the hospital and while I was waiting, I uh, did that video call. He wanted to tell me that he, although he's not baptized yet, he's already preparing somebody else for baptism. Because he felt that as soon as he accepted Christ, he was itching to do, to do something about it. And that's how God it is. 
He made the promise to us. And he's itching to give the Holy Spirit to us. And he wants to do all sorts of incredible things on our life. We just need to ask. Why he's not giving then? Because God's not a tyrant. He does not want to shove the Holy Spirit down your throat. He wants you to ask. He wants you to be willing. That's why in the book of Revelation, Jesus is shown to be at the door and he's knocking. We need to open the door to allow him through the Holy Spirit to get in. But sometimes we believe that uh, God is some sort of magician. That like someday we are out, out and about doing our thing and boom, we feel some thing falling on our heads and all of a sudden we'll be different people. That's not what the Bible said. Like that, the Pentecost was not an event that came on a vacuum. People were praying, seeking God, seeking men fences with each other. And uh, God's not here to put a show and he won't transform you if you don't ask for that transformation in a daily basis. Uh, and that brings us uh, to Zechariah 10 verse 1. Zechariah 10 verse 1 is what uh, we are meant to be doing now. Who is it with Zechariah? Barb. Go ahead, Barb. Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. The Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. Do you see what he's saying there? Ask for the rain on the time of the latter rain and God will give us. What's the time for the latter rain? It's now. The early rain came to prepare the soil and the later rain came to prepare the harvest. The early rain on the Christian church already came was Pentecost. Now we are almost in eternity. We can already hear God's footsteps. And like uh, now is the time that God needs to prepare a people to meet him. So now is the time for us to be praying for the Holy Spirit. Because if we don't pray, we won't receive. Like uh, there's a passage that I like. That's Luke 11. 11 to 13. I'm going to read from you here from the front. Which of your fathers, if you, your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, that though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more your Father in heaven will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God is challenging us to ask. God wants us to be powerful men and women, full of the Holy Spirit. We just need to ask. Uh, we are here still on this planet because we are not asking. Since we lack the power, we are unable to do the job that God requires us to do. Despite our best intentions, we won't do it right because we are doing without the Lord. And uh, we 
have to realize that the thing we need most now is asking for the Holy Spirit. Yes, we have to give Bible studies. Yes, we have to be love one another. Yes, we have to do a lot of things. And those are all important. But our most important uh, thing to do is, our highest priority is to ask for the Holy Spirit. Let me look here to the bulletin to see if... Uh, I want you to take your bulletin. Uh, there's here on the announcements part. There's a text that says for reflection. Let's read it. Because she really is zero in in what we need to read. Can you read for me, Aaron? Review and Herald, March 22, 1887, paragraph 1. A revival of true godliness among us is the greatest and most urgent of all of our needs. To seek this should be our first work. There must be earnest effort to obtain the blessing of the Lord, not because God is not willing to bestow his blessing upon us, but because we are unprepared to receive it. Our Heavenly Father is more willing to give his Holy Spirit to them that ask him than our earthly parents to give us good gifts to their children. But it is our work by confession humiliation, repentance, and earnest prayer to fulfill the conditions upon which God has promised to grant us his blessing. A revival need be expected only in answer to prayer. While the people are destitute of God's Holy Spirit, they cannot appreciate the preaching of the word. But when the Spirit's power touches their hearts, then the discourses give, given will not be without effect. Guided by the teachings of God's word, with manifestation of his Spirit, and the exercise of sound discretion, those who attend our meetings will gain a precious experience, and returning home will be prepared to ex exert a healthful influence. God is wanting for us to have that experience. And do you see what she says here? Not, that not only that should be our first priority, to be asking for the Holy Spirit, that's our greatest need, but without it, we cannot even comprehend the word of God being preached. Like we kind of understand, but we don't. We miss the point. Because as the Bible says, like that spiritual things can only be discerned spiritually. And only through the Holy Spirit we can really grasp the power of the word. That's why on, on the last text of, tonight, of today, in Isaiah 6.3, we read the following. Isaiah 6.3. Let us know, let us pursue the, pursue the knowledge of the Lord. He is going forth, is established as, a, as the morning. He will come to us just like rain, like the ladder and the former rain to earth. Hosea here is like a, challenging us to have, have like thirsty from God, to seek God, to Try to understand who he is, his character. To ask for the Holy Spirit so we can receive the rain that's promised. And that rain may be still already falling to some people, but we don't notice because we are not praying for it. Let's pray, let's ask, and we will receive. I want to close the sermon today with a prayer. And uh, 
in that prayer, I want to give you 10 seconds, 15 seconds, if, if you want the Holy Spirit to be in your life, to ask, but I don't want you to stop there. May this become your biggest priority, day in and day out, to ask the Holy Spirit's presence on your life. Because just on that, or preaching is going to start to make sense, or life will start to make sense. And people would feel attracted to God. Not because we are beautiful people. But because the God that lives in us is wonderful surpassing anything else that we know. So let's close our eyes and let's pray. Dear Father in heaven. We come before you humble. And uh, we thank you for the gift that we want to bestow to each one of us. That's the gift of your Holy Spirit. You want us to have a different life. A life that's not alone. A life that is a life together with you living in our hearts. We want to start with uh, asking you for forgiveness. Not only for our sins, but also because of uh, our ignorance in those promises because we don't ask enough because we seldom ask because we don't give enough importance to that vital piece of uh, relationship that is you living in us we don't know what we are missing that's why we don't ask so we, we ask you for your forgiveness and we ask you now come and live on us through your holy spirit and complete in us the missing peace that we have on our hearts. Without you, we cannot be fully humans. Without you, we cannot fully love. Without you, we cannot uh, preach or live in according to your will. Everything will be devoid of power if we are not with us and in us. So I ask you, dear Lord, for myself and for those here, give us your Holy Spirit and be with us. But I, I want to pause so I can pray for myself and as they pray for themselves and invite your presence on their lives in a special way to turn their lives around and to live with them forever. Dear God, please live in us. Come to our hearts through your Holy Spirit and live within us, giving us a new heart, making the dryness of our life to change in a river flowing of a living water. May we live differently than what we lived before here today. May we live a life that's full of your Holy Spirit. And may we never forget that the Holy Spirit is not something that is bestowed to us once. That's something that we need to pray for and receive it every day of our lives until you come. Help us to relentless ask for that power. Help us to relentless ask to be transformed. And help us to be somebody that can be a blessing wherever we go. May people see in us 
the spark of your spirit and may they feel attracted to you through the things we say, the things we do, and how we live. We don't want to live alone. And we have a pretty important mission to do. That's to preach the gospel to all of those in our sphere of influence. We cannot do this by ourselves. We are tired of being alone. So please, dear Lord, send your Holy Spirit. I ask for myself, for all of those that are here, and for even for those that are watching us through the internet. Give us your Holy Spirit and make us new creatures. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You have been listening to the broadcast from the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church at 2420 East Ashman in Midland, Michigan. If you are in the area, we cordially invite you to visit our church Saturday mornings. If you are a distance away, we encourage you to continue visiting our website and weekly podcast at midlandsda.org.